The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Mark Rivera might be best known as Billy Joel's saxophonist, as well as musical director for Ringo Starr and his all-star band. He's been with both for decades, but he is also a most requested sideman and studio session player for the likes of Foreigner, John Lennon, Elton John, Joe Walsh, just to name a few. We'll get into his new book where he discusses his incredible career. In fact, I'm catching him somewhere on the road during the Billy Joel Stevie Nicks tour as I've got the great Mark Rivera on the line right now. Hey, Jim, what's up? Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. How have you been? Thank you. And yourself? Good. Thank you. I, I actually talked with one of your uh, former bandmates, Liberty DeVito, not too long ago. What uh-huh. was it What was it like playing with that guy? I love Liberty. He just doesn't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I Well, I mean, we, we kind of went into the whole soap opera. Yeah. Of... Well, it's unfortunate because he and I, I mean, my uh, youngest son's middle name is Liberty, and that's no accident. Uh, I, I, I just love playing with him. In fact, I mentioned in the book that uh, after playing with Foreigner, getting to play in Billy's band, I felt like I was in a family. And it's just unfortunate that things, uh, look, things can go sideways for a minute, but the life's too short to not, to not figure things out. So uh, hopefully, look, hopefully it'll come around. Congratulations on Sideman in pursuit of the next gig. I love the title because you've played with so many greats, not the least of which is, of course, Billy Joel. Can you explain what that journey has been like? Billy is, is incredible. I mean, it, started, it came from uh, the work I did with Foreigner, which started from the, the work I did with Lying in 75, or 77, rather. Uh, playing with Billy, the first rehearsal, or the first audition, I played with David Brown, the uh, guitar player that I he had done some demos on a band and so they wanted to replace Richie long story short Doug Stegmaier said come on audition and from that first day first of all nobody banged the drums like Liberty nobody had that presence like Liberty and it was like it was like I was playing with somebody back in the day of my the days with my cousin Vinny being some somebody that close to where you come from Uh, it was it is still amazing yeah, uh, I always say that the difference between every iteration of the band that I've been with, with Billy, starting from Liberty, Doug, and David Brown, uh, that was like driving a big, like, let's say, 1975 Buick with <laughs> big steering wheels and a roll-down windows and a big V8 engine. Uh-huh. Uh, every iteration has gotten changing, and, and we've had different personnel doing different things. This current band is like, a 12-cylinder uh, with power steering and windows that are electric, and it has air conditioning. So it's got all the amenities you could ever want for it. But that does not negate how great that original band was. It was just a joy to be in that band. And as I mentioned, uh, I was in Foreigner prior to that, and I loved that opportunity, but it never got past the point that those were the four main guys, and myself and Bobby Mayo were always... The Sidemen. Right. Again, proud to be a Sidemen, but Billy's band, and in particular, Liberty, made me feel like I've been there forever. So uh, it's just a joy. It's just a joy. And it's a joy and and an honor to still be a part of that, which uh, I am the only, um, uh, Elton John said, I'm still standing. So uh, it's 
pretty amazing. <laughs> 41 years, 41 years in. You mentioned Foreigner. You were part of that Blockbuster 4 album. They were rolling there, Jukebox Hero, Urgent, uh, waiting oh, yeah. for, for a girl yeah, like yeah. you. Did you not meet your wife while you were touring with them? Yes, I did. I did meet Sandra in Basel, Switzerland. Uh, we were playing, and the song Waiting for a Girl Like You is like a... Uh, Basically, her song, uh, I got to sing all the backgrounds on Jukebox Hero, Waiting for a Girl Like You, uh, night, oh, the, the whole album, uh, I got to sing all those backgrounds. But I met Sandra, uh, she was a friend of a photographer uh, who did all the rock and roll photography, and they said essentially, oh, Mark's a great guy, but uh, you don't want to get too close to him, you've got too many girlfriends. So I was like, thanks a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Talking me down or talking. To, so long story short, I must have uh, I must have um, whittled it down. Or I, I, I wore her down somehow that she she came around and uh, we'll, we'll be married forty years in May. Uh, so that, I guess there's something to be said about that. That's amazing. By the way, how yeah, did yeah. how did the gig playing in Ringo Starr's band come to you? Because I've seen you guys uh, a few times now. Well, that uh, and I can even say to tell Billy is my greatest thrill in the world. Uh, I was, I'm trying to think, 1995, yeah. Billy had taken off for a while, and we, there was, it was like between gigs, and Clarence was supposed to do the, what would have been the third uh, All-Star Band, I think it was, mm-hmm. and um, within a month's time, Bruce announced that they were going to go on tour, and, you know, Bruce's was Clarence's Billy, and so he had to tell Ringo that he could not do the gig, and at the time, Ringo's like, oh, I don't want to the hell with saxophones. I don't want to ever play a saxophone. They, they let, he let him down, kind of. And a dear friend, George Travis, who worked with everyone from, from Billy to Ringo to uh, just everybody, Madonna, you go down the list. He said, hey, I got this guy, Mark Rivera. He's a saxophone player. And Ringo's like, oh, I don't care. He goes, no, no, he does more than that. He sings, he plays guitar, he plays keyboard. Yeah. And I think you'll like him. Give him a shot. So I go there, and that initial band was myself, John Entwistle, Billy Preston, may he rest in those two, may they rest in peace. Felix Cavallari, Randy Bachman, and Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. So anyway, we're going along, and the first couple of songs go really well. And I kind of like pretended I didn't know what I was doing and say, could we run through these vocals a little bit? Because they were, they were really ratty to begin with. Because these guys are all stars, and they did not think that they had to learn the other people's songs quite as well as they learned their own. Right. And... You know, and I kind of, with some diplomacy, as my father said, you could be confident but not arrogant. I said, "This is a. Can you do it for me?" And it turned out time would go on, and they'd ask about, "Oh, what about this? Or what about what's the next chord in this bridge?" And I say, "D minor." And at one point, somebody asked about the next thing, and he says, "Oh, just ask Mark. He seems to know everything." <laughs> so by default, I became I became his musical director. And you know, when we started to play, "I'm Your Captain." Yeah. They needed uh, someone to play the acoustic guitar. So I pulled out my acoustic guitar, and they needed someone to sing, When I'm in a cabin dreaming, the high part. Yeah. I sang it. And I've said this a dozen times at least. I was ready to be Ringo's musical director at my 17, because I played all those. I played, <laughs> I played all those. The, the music in the band with my cousin Vinny, who's the, uh, one of the stars of the book, apparently. There have been, of course, several lineups of the All-Star Band. One of my favorites, mm-hmm. maybe because I saw this lineup, was, featured Peter Frampton, Jack Bruce, Gary Brooker, and Simon Kirk. Did you just love that lineup? Unequivocally, my favorite band yeah. I've ever been in my life. No, I'm, I'm not kidding you, because the, the crazy thing, that 
I, I've said it so many times that that particular time of music was uh, 1967 through 71. I consider the most fertile time. And uh, I was in 67, I was 14. So from between 14 and 18, you know, life was good. You know, sex yeah. was new. Everything was new. And <laughs> those those particular bands, first of all, I was a mad, mad fan of Free. Right. Simon Van. Yeah. Not even not even Bad Company. Free. Paul Rogers was is still one of the greatest singers I've ever heard in my life. For sure. And we got to do that. Gary Brooker from Procol Harum, Peter Frampton, and Jack Bruce. I mean, it does not get more uh, that that time specific. Those four years right there, all of them broke the ground. I, I can't I can't remember Peter's. Peter might have been a little bit later. But still, he was in Humble Pie. He was in, what was, in, what was the name of the band, the, the uh, Herd? Right? He was in Camel. Camel. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But he was in, a, before before he came alive, he was in Humble Pie. Right. Uh, so that was like late 60s. And it's all in that time. And here I am, a kid from Brooklyn. I was the only non-Brit. And I somehow, uh, I shouldn't say somehow, because of the work I had done to get there or because of how, how, meticulously I'd taken apart my father had the greatest stereo and I'd, I'd listened to Jeff Beck's Truth album and I could tell you what his second guitar was doing on the left side because we had we had the stereo nobody else had a stereo I was in it so by the time 97 rolled around I was prime it's like uh, was it 30 years 30 years after it's it's one of uh, the great stories, and I mean, Mark Rivera's new book, Sideman, is available at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold. I wish I had another couple hours with you, Mark. You just take my home phone number. <laughs> I'll do that. Leave it with our uh, our guest booker, and I'd love to talk to you some more about Look, I, all this I, stuff. I, the crazy thing is that there's so much to unpack, and I think the other thing that, uh, that I, I really take great pride in is that this is my life, um, my family life, and everyone thinks, oh, you're a rock star. No, I'm a guy. I'm a guy who happens to have a great gig. And uh, I think that's the most important thing, that I could speak about my family and how, how difficult it can be sometimes. But the, there's two sides to a side, man. There's the, the guy on stage, and there's the guy who has to leave home and leave his children and, and hope that, that the family stays together. And that's my greatest pride that I have been able to balance that, Jeff. Fantastic. Mark, a pleasure. Uh, thanks so much, and good luck with uh, the current tour with uh, Billy Joel. Thank you. Keep the, faith in, keep the faith and have a blessed holiday. He had so much confidence in his own abilities as a musician that when he first started playing with Ringo Starr's band, in rehearsals he pointed out one time that Ringo might be holding his hands in the wrong way for a song that they were practicing. Fortunately for him, Ringo agreed. <laughs> and by the way, one of my favorite songs that Mark Rivera played on is this one, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Well, that finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Jim Dofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.